0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also, be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Sergeant and Mrs. Smith, you are going to love this house. Is that a tub in the kitchen? There's no field manual for finding the right home. But when you do, USAA Homeowners Insurance can help protect it the right way. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Tic Tac. Minty, refreshing, classic. And it's not just the Tic Tac mints. It's the new track by
1: Canise with beats that'll leave you feeling as refreshed as a Tic Tac and a vibe that'll take you on a ride through 100 layers of flavor. Does it get any fresher than this? Tic Tac, enjoy the
0: bright side. That 100-layer joy ride flavors all around take a ride on the tic tac pick up a pack of tic tac mints today fully loaded chew is tobacco free long cut in pouches that gives you the same pack dip spit and buzz that you're used to without tobacco fully loaded chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food grade ingredients and tobacco free nicotine the purest form of nicotine there is To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number 1. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether, and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com.
2: You're listening to the Average Conservationist podcast brought to you by Go Hunt and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Sign up today to become an insider at GoHunt.com. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitments as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and seek outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors coffee roasters and even piano repair companies have earned two percent certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop learn more about two percent for conservation at fishandwildlife.org that's (laughs) fishandwildlife.org What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Uh, we've got a fun one uh, for you today. Uh, today, I'm joined by Dane Williams and Dustin Gosho, and they are the founders of newly 2% certified hard side hydration. Um, for those that may not have already heard uh, or be familiar with hard side hydration, they are uh, a brand that kind of offers a, a very... I don't want to say necessarily unique, but a a very innovative way uh, to consume your water uh, in the backcountry. Really what stemmed from some issues that they had on some backcountry hunts with uh, popping some water bladders and kind of being uh, in a bad spot very early on in a trip uh, led them um, down the path of kind of creating uh, a device that attaches to the top of your uh, Nalgene or water bottle uh, that you can still run uh, your hose from, uh, just like you would from a water bladder uh, with the bike guard uh, and everything like that. So super cool idea. Uh, it works out well. Uh, both Dane and Dustin are, are big outdoorsmen, uh, and Dustin actually uh, is an engineer. Uh, so it was kind of a, a match made in heaven when they decided to launch this brand, uh you know, Dustin kind of talks about the process of, you know, designing, uh, you know, the prototypes and the products and then using a 3D printer uh, that he has to, you know, mock some of these up and kind of really get the ball rolling on that. Um, you know, the way that they kind of look at, you know, not only what they offer now, but what they you know plan to offer in the future is really kind of providing, um, you know, all of these great and easy ways um to, to stay hydrated in the backcountry to really make it one of the things that you don't need to worry about, that you don't have to think about, uh, and give, you know, the user a ton of different options. Um, you know, we also get to talk about, you know, why, uh, you know, conservation, uh, is such an important part, um, and what they do and their background, um, with the outdoors and how, as they got older and circumstances changed from, from how they were introduced to hunting, uh, and the outdoors, you know, with new opportunities, um, kind of shed some light into, uh, you know, whether it's uh, the public land, uh, you know, uh, keeping public land public, um, Or, you know, just maintaining, you know, habitat and and things like that around the state of Michigan where they're both from. Um, What's also super cool, and and you'll hear this in the episode, is Dane is actually uh, a lifelong friend of mine. Dane and I grew up together. Um, We grew up around the corner from each other. And, you know, while we're still really good friends, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, he was was my ace. He was my guy. Um, So to see him and Dustin... um, you know, build this brand, build this company, come out with a super cool idea is, is so exciting. And I could not be happier for these guys. So really cool episode. Uh, if you haven't already, definitely be sure to check out hard side hydration. Uh, so episode 65 hard side hydration, uh, before we get into the episode though, I want to take a minute to tell you about our friends over at wild rivers, coffee. At Wild Rivers Coffee, they're roasting in small batches so that they ensure that the coffee arrives at its peak freshness. Uh, Wild Rivers is also a proud partner with 2% for Conservation, and they believe in preserving the wild places and wild things that bring all of us so much joy. That's why with everything they sell, a portion of proceeds is being donated back to conservation organizations that are near and dear to them. So you're going to get organizations like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Ducks Unlimited, Trout Unlimited, and Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. So go to WildRiversCoffeeco.com and order your fresh roasted beans. Uh, they have some really awesome handmade mugs, ton of cool, sweet merchandise. Uh, they also have a ton of accessories um, for, for grinding and, and brewing your coffee at home. Uh, so if you subscribe today, you can save 10%. Um, the Guatemalan is my personal favorite. It's one that is uh, I, I make sure I do my best to make sure that I never run out of it. Um, and if you also, uh, like I said, if you subscribe, you will save 10%. But also at checkout, if you use the promo code, and this is all caps, fish underscore wildlife, you're going to save 10% off your order as well. So do me a favor, check out wildriverscoffeeco.com. All right, joining me today on the podcast, I have the founders of 2% Certified Brand Hard Side Hydration, Dane Williams and Dustin Gosho. Guys, how are you? Great. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, I'm uh, Dustin. Don't mind this, but I'm going to I'm going to give Dane a little bit of shine here and give kind of our listeners a little bit of a a background. Uh, So Dane and I grew up uh, a quarter mile away from each other. Uh, We did everything together as kids. I mean, we played every sport together. We got into high school. We rode together uh, to school every day. Either he drove or I drove. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dane and I go back as as far as any of my friends, probably like my first friend that I can really kind of remember. So when he first approached me, uh, that they were starting this brand, he was kind of talking me through it. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, asking some questions about 2% and then actually launching the brand. Like, I'm just so excited for the two of you guys. Like, I'm super pumped that we could get you on. And uh, I'm really excited for the listeners to hear more about the brand.
3: Thanks, man. Yeah, I'd say the same. It just goes back so far, and it's a uh, it was awesome just to talk to you at the start, getting going, and uh, to be here now. And uh, right at the start, we knew, you know, that was that was the direction we wanted to go with two percent. So
2: yeah, and we'll <clears throat> we'll definitely get into to two percent and, and kind of the conservation side of the, the company and everything like that. But first off, I you know I think what you guys have with hard side hydration is is such a cool product, and it's. Like I, I, think of it as, as a really like innovative idea. Although, when you look at it, like it's it almost seems like a no brainer, right? Like why why aren't people doing this? So tell tell me about hard side hydration, what it is, um, you know, and, and what it is that you guys offer. All
1: right. Well, <laughs> I guess since Dane has had his time, I'll, I'll talk yeah. a little bit. Uh, so basically, what our first product is is uh, a cap to go on a Nalgene bottle or a similar type bottle with the same cap size and it turns it into a hydration pack so you don't have to carry a bladder um basically we don't we're not big fans of bladders we've had bad experiences with <laughs> them it's yeah. washing them out putting holes in them you know just failures yeah. of different kinds so yeah. this yeah. was kind of the thing we had been talking about and
3: yeah, it just kind of
1: grew out of that,
3: out of frustration yeah. out in the back country. <laughs> yeah, I'm very hard on equipment, and uh, probably like my first my first time, you know, going going in, you know, doing a backpack hunt, um, you know, I had three other guys with me, and, you know, I leaned back on my pack, and I'm like, man, and my, bag, my back is so wet, <laughs> there it is, I, I popped the bladder, you know, so we're like oh, 10,000 feet, and now my water capacity is down to, you know, where I'm at. Like I just popped like a 96 ounce, huge analogy canteen thing. I'm like, man, we got to rethink this. So from that trip on, you know, me and those guys were kind of talking and, you know, Dustin came along too. And it's just, you know, we're having the same experiences of, you know, just wanting to make something that's more durable. So you don't have to be worrying about that in the backcountry. country.
1: So. Yeah. We were out in Colorado last year and, I had I wasn't using a bladder, but I had a bag that I used for water filter. Okay. Squeeze the bag. Yeah. And I had had filled it up, and I set it on a rock. And I didn't drop it or anything. I just set it there. And all of a sudden, it started leaking. Like, there was a little (laughs) pinhole, and it just started. And so that got me real frustrated. And we were hiking later that day, I think. And I said, well, I can tell you one thing. I had a smart water bottle in my pack. It's like I'm not going to be doing this next year. I'm going to run a hose <laughs> into that smart water bottle.
3: Yeah.
1: And Dane turned around. And I said, "No, what you need to do is put it <laughs> on an algine. That's what we were talking about." Yeah. I was like, "All right, I'll do it." He's like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't exist. We've looked." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Well, we'll make it." <laughs> yeah. Here we are a year later, and yeah, we've got it.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny how, and I've had some other guests on in the past who. for whatever reason, whatever, you know, product it is that that they're offering or that they make, like, it kind of stems from, like, a need that they see or, like, a frustration that they have, right, especially, like, in the backcountry when, you know, the last thing you want is for any of your gear to fail, right, because, you know, for the most part, like, I mean, you may have, like, a few backups or something that you can kind of uh, string things together or patch things up with, but, like, you know, puncturing, like, a bladder, like, I mean, you may have some duct tape or, you know, I don't even know what you have that's actually going to hold, uh, you know, uh, like a, a platypus or, or some type of like bladder like that. So when, when there's a need, I feel like that's when, you, you know, you just, like you said, you are just kind of spitballing, right? You're just like, I'm just going to run a hose into this. And, you know, Dane says, well, we're going to, why don't we put in an algae? And like, it's, it's bigger. That's what you guys are already yep. using. And it's like, oh shit, this, this is a great idea, right? Like, let's see what we can do. So... <clears throat> Kind of walk me through the process of, of of what that looked like. Well, you know, let me back up here. So what else? So you you have like the lid, um, it's called the swig swig rig, correct? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. so that attaches to uh an you know an algee bottle or something similar uh that has like the same the same cap essentially. So what else is there kind of in, in the whole package there?
1: Yes so yeah, we so there's a straw that runs down into the bottle. So we make the straw long enough to it's already it fits the 48 inch um, tall Nalgene, the silo. Okay, one um, you can cut it down for shorter bottles for like a 32 ounce bottle, but uh, so it comes with a straw and a little one way silicone valve that pushes in the top, and that's really what keeps it leak proof but still allows. Um, air to get in there so you don't have a vacuum
3: uh, lock in it okay when it's out of the whereas bike. the bladder is compressing when you when you go to some sun- yeah water. it's compressing whereas ours it, that that valve is allowing the air to come in so yeah. that's
1: that was the, the key to it you know so and that's the other thing about bladders when you got them in your pack you know you got two liters or three liters of volume and then as you're drinking that's going down and things are loosening up in your pack and shifting yeah. around
3: and you just, you just, you just tighten your, adjust. you cinch your pack down before you're, you, before you started climbing and now you start climbing, you're drinking a lot of water. It's hot as heck out. And now, you know, you just, you just got a loose, you know, your bag just got a bunch of empty space in there, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: so out of that cap and then we have a, a tube,
1: a, a hose basically with a bite valve on the end that you run over your shoulder or, out of your pack or whatever, wherever you need
2: to be. So, I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough. I, ha- I have one of your guys's uh, the Swig rig. Um, I think it's the actual. It's the 48. It's the silo. It's the big one that I have. The tall one. Um, and one of the things that, and I haven't had any experience uh, actually like proper backcountry hunting. But one, it's got to be a pain in the butt to to pull the bladder out of your pack get it filled up, get it back in without, you know, spilling water all over the place. Or, you know, when you pack things the first time with a full bladder, like everything, you know, if you're on a five, seven, 10 day hunt, whatever it is, like everything fits in there nicely, right? Like it's nice and compressed and compact. Like, you know where all your stuff's at. Then, you know, maybe two days in, you know, you got some food that's gone, but things have shifted around. You've emptied your pack, you know, half dozen times at that point. Just the ease of being able to just like put it in the pouch, you know, the outside pouch on uh, your pack, like it seems like it's it's easier to to fill up, it's easier to access, and as opposed to like if you're just you know if you have to like if you don't have the hose on it, right? If you just if you're just yeah. carrying an algae, right? Like how like I feel like you're probably not stopping as much or drinking as much because you're like okay, well I've got to stop now, and then you know you stop to take a water break, and two minutes turns into ten minutes, and and then you know you maybe lose some momentum. So like with this you're kind of getting the best of both worlds right
3: yeah and you know we've I've had the pleasure of hunting with a lot of different people and we all use different packs you know Um, but some of those packs make it really easy to get a bottle out and then some of them are pretty difficult you know they're great packs it's just you know however if somebody just wants to only strictly use a bottle it's difficult sometimes to get that bottle out you know and pretty soon you're like oh your your buddy's helping you and you you know you get your bottle and you get a drink you know and that's kind of like right along with what you're saying is uh you know just that ease of being able to you know to have the ability to see how much volume you have left in your bottle but also being able to to drink through the hose with it and have that water that's there you know when you want a, a drink you know usually if you if you don't have that set up you're either stopping and taking big big drinks with an allergene or yeah you know. yeah i think that's a big one too yeah. is like knowing how
1: much water you have left you come to water and you're like, hey, do we need to stop to, you know, to refill? And the guys with are like,
3: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think they probably drank maybe a liter. Unless you're, know. yeah. Unless you got X-ray vision in there, but yeah. you know. But the guys that had the the, had, the people that had the water bottle, like, yeah, I'm about halfway down. I might as well fill up, you know. And they just fill up real quick. But if you got, I mean, we have some ideas for some videos here. <laughs> <laughs> some funny videos of you know, you come to you come to the water source and you know, dude, like i don't know how much i got and he digs his stuff out and his bladder's full you know it's like man
2: (laughs) yeah you waste all that time and energy just to dig it out and then you got to you know finesse it back into its pocket in your pack so no i mean the to me the benefits are are many and obvious uh, you know over the use of a bladder yeah
3: yeah that's definitely the kind of stuff that just made our decision easy as we move forward with our company of like you know we believe in it and, you know, we, we think it's going to, going to help a lot of people with hydration stuff. So,
2: yeah. And, and obviously anyone who's spent any time in the backcountry knows how important, you know, that is. I mean, especially you take guys from the Midwest like us and, you know, you put them at nine, ten thousand 10,000 feet, you know, I mean, you guys have, have done it enough, like, you know what to expect, you know, what, how your body's going to react to it. But, you know, you take someone who it's their first time, you know, they get eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 feet, like, they don't quite understand, you know, like their, their lungs, like their whole, their body just ain't, ain't ready for it. Right. So, you know, they find themselves drinking a ton of water or, you know, elevation sickness. I mean, there's all sorts of things that that water can kind of come to the rescue of or or really help you with and to puncture a bladder on, on the first day. I mean, it's going to make for a a long trip for sure.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So now walk me through the process. So you guys had the idea, you know, you kind of, brainstormed the idea or or kind of talked it out, I guess, last year when you were out uh, elk hunting. So what did the process look like from the time you guys had this idea to actually like the prototypes, um, you know, like doing, you know, the engineering, all that to, you know, to actually launching the product?
3: Yeah, I guess, you know, for me originally, I mean, back in even 2018, we kind of had that idea with some other guys that I was with. And, you know, and finally last year, 2020 is when the idea started in September, when I was, you know, Dustin's the kind of guy where you can bounce ideas off of, and he knows how things work very well. So, <laughs> so we we bounce that idea off, and he's like, "That's a good one." So from there, we yeah.
1: You know, so we got- my background is as an engineer, so
2: that helps. When,
3: when we got back, like I started
1: <laughs> designing it up, and I have a 3D printer, so I printed a bunch of different prototypes, and we would try them out here and there, and kept working on it until we got something that was going to work really well like everything on that cap is there for a reason the way the way it's designed is there for a reason we put a lot of thought and time into developing it and then we wanted to be strong so we you know we went into a number of different injection molders to try and find somebody who could who could uh help us with you know the kind of volume we were looking at we weren't going to make hundreds of thousands of them you know we just We needed to start small, we're bootstrapping it, so we wanted to uh, you know, find a good a good partner and uh, we found somebody out of the Chicago area that could help us out and uh, we started looking for suppliers for the other parts and slowly it all came together and
3: yeah. Uh- you know, we designed we designed a lot of different prototypes. You know, and like yeah, you said, we, every every one of them was <laughs> a yeah. little something. And you know, that, and we wanted to get more out there. I mean, between both of us and all our friends, I would have loved to got one for everybody. But when you're, you know, we we didn't have that ability because of you know, we, our product is BPA free. It's you yeah. know, so we had to get stuff that you could you know drink through to. Right. to to, to prototype and to check it
1: so yeah all of our components are water safe yeah. uh, nsf drinking water you know approved materials
2: and, yeah so a <clears throat> so, couple questions based off that how tough was it or how much did you guys have to learn well yeah how much did you guys have to learn about that like the bpa free you know water safe like all that stuff or was it you know since you weren't like actually like filtering it or anything like that, it's just you're drinking through it was it was it fairly straightforward
1: uh, yeah, it was fairly straightforward. You know, I, I knew whatever we were, was touching needed to be, you know, meet a certain standard. So I just did some research on the standards and so we don't actually have to meet NSF drinking water standards, but we do cause it was, it's just too easy not to, there's no reason not to with all the availability of materials out
2: there. How cool is it? I mean, Dustin being an engineer, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I know enough uh, engineers to kind of understand a little bit of how their brain works and they just tend to see things a little bit differently or, or analyze things a bit differently. Like how cool was it for you? You know, when you're, you're designing these prototypes at home and then you're, you know, you're using your, your 3d printer to, to print them out and just kind of get a look at it, get a feel for it. I mean, how cool was that process for you?
1: Oh, it was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, that's, that's what I do. You know, that's, that's when I'm in my element and uh, you know that, the thing is, for me, it's always kind of what's next, too. So we have a lot of these prototypes, but we have prototypes of other things, too. Like <laughs> like the first, I think it was in October, you know, yeah. I, I sent Dane a picture, and I was like, check out these th- pro- three different products I got
3: made up. So I was like, whoa! <laughs> I mean, it went from like, hey, this is an idea for me, to like, hey, he's already got these. You know, I knew he had a 3D printer, but it was like, yeah. I got these to try. You know, let's do it. And- well.
2: <laughs> that I'll get to that question in a little bit about what may be coming down the pike, what you guys want to, or how you guys kind of want to expand your offering, you know, I I know so you guys just launched, what, two months ago, I think, is that about right? Yeah. July, yep. like, end, really, end of June, really basically beginning July. July, July yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're, you're coming up on two months, so I, I know it may be early to ask, but well, I'll just ask it now, like, do you guys have, like, anything that You're prototyping. You're working on that you want to like add to you know the product line like as time goes on. Oh sure,
1: yeah. I mean, we have prototypes for the narrow mouth Nalgene, um, for the smart for like a smart water bottle. Okay. Um, And those kind of go together. So it's an adapter
3: that goes on the smart water bottle that fits the narrow mouth Nalgene. And a lot of folks will know you know. Uh, those also work really well with the sawyer filter so that's something we ran last year was the sawyer filter using those smart water yeah. bottles so you know there's because they're so light yeah, yeah. you're weigh like what, a couple of ounces yeah a few so ounces, but... so light and they're really durable too you know so that's that's something for the you know.
1: but there's there's other things we're working on that uh are in its infancy right now yeah um but those are some of the things that are would be kind of expected products, and we want to do things that, you know, support those products. Like, I guess we can talk
2: about. That. Well, I don't want to well, put like, you guys on the spot. I want you guys to divulge anything if you're not ready.
3: Definitely, we definitely want to. We don't, we don't want to just be. Uh, uh, a container for hydration stuff. We're hoping to expand into some hydration products in the future too. Yeah. You know, we have some ideas, you know, just working with even being a dealer for some other company. we're working out some stuff um, where we can possibly provide some stuff through our website and, you know, um, okay. so we'll right kind right of now. be a one for, for others to our website.
1: Yeah. But you know, it's, it's hydration. Sure. Like everything we don't like about hydration is what we're targeting. <laughs> yeah.
3: But,
1: you know, everything we don't like about, going out in the back country and you know not being able to drink how we want to drink you know when you're out of breath sometimes it's hard to bite on that bite valve and get enough water yeah so maybe that's something we're working on you know Mm -hmm. there's just everything that we have frustration with is kind of where we're going
2: (laughs) yeah yeah and I'd imagine that if if you guys are having frustrations with certain certain items or certain things like there's probably a whole lot of other people that are experiencing and having those same frustrations as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like our just, just checking out, you know, just going through, um, you know, whenever we recognize a problem, we're, we're trying to think of something. So if, if we have Nalgene's that we know, yes, they're very durable, but they're, you know, they, they might not keep your water as cold. So we're working on something for that, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, insulation. Solution. Insulation sleeves and stuff like that to, to just – so that as you go through the seasons, you can have different if it's middle of the summer and your Nalgene bottle is sweating all over and there's, you know, it's pulling up, you can put a sleeve on, you know, so we're working on some things like that.
2: I mean, <clears throat> all of these things that you that you're telling me and, and all the things that you're, you know, have ideas for or maybe are already working on. I mean, I think isn't that kind of uh, like your slogan or your tagline is like, uh, you know, you, the backcountry like hydration solution. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we have
2: a, uh, I feel like I saw that somewhere,
1: say, but yeah, we have a lot of things we've played with like
2: rugged hydration for yeah.
1: hardcore adventures. We have a lot of different stuff, but yeah, essentially that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to make it easy. So it's not something you have to think about or worry about, you yeah. know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's been the biggest hurdle for you guys throughout this entire process of, you know, prototype all the way to launch?
1: I think I think speed, getting things done on time, in order to, because we we knew the the season we wanted to launch in was spring, and we just we couldn't get there in time, Um, and so we, you know, that's when people are gearing up for a lot of their adventures in summer, but you know, I think uh, it kind of all worked out in the end. Launching
3: in July was good for us. Give me some extra time to yeah. prepare some things. And, yeah. Everything and, just, just takes a little longer. You know, we, we thought we were re- ready to go. And it's just like, oh, we had one more change to make, you know, with our yeah. mold and stuff. So just another month, you know. And yeah. We, we launched in end of June, early July. It would have been cool. It would have been great to be like, you know, start of April or first of May. Yeah. So, you know, that's what back in January, we were, we were starting to make all the moves to try to make that happen. So,
2: well, yeah. Try and capitalize on that spring bear season.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I know, at least through talking to Dane, I know you guys have have shared your product with a lot of people. Uh, you know, through kind of the prototype phase to get you know feedback and stuff like that. So, what has that been like? You know, working with a lot of people who you know are predominantly you know strictly Western hunters. You know, what has that feedback been like for you guys?
3: Yeah, we've had some we've had some good feedback. You know, um, we have people that are going to be using them this fall on hunts and going in totes and going to have it with them. It's you know, it's definitely you know, for some people you have to kind of, some people right away, they know what it is. Like, yeah, I don't like bladders. Please send me them. You know, Yeah. <laughs> we've done that with everybody we can find, you know. Um, but there's also people that, you know, think about it a little bit and then it, it takes a little while for them to get what we're, where we're going with it. But, uh, but we've had some good feedback and, um, you know, we've had, we've had a couple, you know, people that in the industry that we've reached out to early on and they've, you know, they've mentioned us and stuff on some podcasts and, Um, just kind of getting it getting it going Um, yeah i think all the feedback's been really positive i can't think of anything really negative that came back that we had to think about changing anything really no just a little customer service you know explaining a few things to people and but we're 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 trying we're we're trying to, to provide the best customer service and you know help people and put out we've realized you know hey we got to do some youtube videos and some videos to get our content out there to not only just to put it in writing but to have some videos to instructional videos on the website and stuff so
2: yeah that's for sure i mean and with with what you guys are offering yeah like two three minute little tutorials little videos like this how it works this how it all goes together like i've I've seen some of the stuff obviously that you guys put out so like i know what you're talking about but yeah it feels like in this day and age like Everyone is way more visual uh, in terms of learning. So, like, if you can just like, you know, and everyone's got access to to YouTube to to the internet, you know, right in the palm of their hand, almost all the time. So it's like super easy. You know, you see a post about something, hard side hydration. What's this? Boop oh, right on their website or you know, there's there's their YouTube page, whatever. Two minutes in, like, they know exactly what it is and what they can expect out of it. So, yeah, that that's cool. I mean, feedback is. Yeah, it's always good, and I'd imagine, Dustin, as an engineer, I mean, you're you're used to kind of fine-tuning and refining things, you know, throughout the entire, you know, process of whatever project it is you're working on.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that's uh, that's difficult for a lot of engineers is settling with something that might not be perfect in your mind, you know, but yeah. is your 90% solution and you need to move forward with it. Um, so it's one of those things where you just kind of got to release it and be like, okay, well, we'll see what people say.
3: <laughs> we hope they like it. You know, we're, we uh, you know we inspect a lot of our caps, make sure we're within specs, and everything. you know we've had no problems. Everything is working yeah. great. You know, um, so I think one of the aspects of of just starting the business it sounds
1: ridiculous to say it, but we really underestimated um, how much we would have to be involved with social media. Oh yeah, <laughs> like we. Neither of us had any social media accounts prior to this, because yeah, Marcus knows. Hey,
0: yeah, what do you
3: think? <laughs> but yeah,
1: I mean, that's that's something that was probably the most difficult to learn for yeah. us so far, and you know, we
2: still screw it up all the time. I mean, so first off, kudos to you guys for getting to the point you're at in life and not having social media accounts. <laughs> like, very well done, guys, because it can be just. I mean, it can be. Uh, a double-edged sword at times right and I'm sure like the more you guys start to spend time on it the more you'll see that but yeah it's weird like especially you know at the, I mean Dane I mean obviously our birthdays yeah. are like two weeks apart right three weeks apart right. like I, so I know how old you are and yeah. it's it's just a weird feeling being on social media all the time or like posting a video of yourself like it's just I'm I've been doing it with the average conservationist for, you know, two years now. I'm like, I still don't feel comfortable doing it. Like I've done a few, like holding my phone, recording me talking. And I'm just like, hey, it's weird. Like I just, I, I, I'm, I can, I'm never going to be comfortable with it. You know?
1: Yeah. It's a really powerful tool. You just, it's, yeah, it's definitely hard to get used to for,
2: I guess, some
1: generations. <laughs> if you don't know, anything, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So how was it that your guys' paths crossed? I mean, how did you guys I mean, obviously you can tell you guys are are good buddies, you're hunting buddies, you guys have the business together. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we played professional basketball. <laughs> professional <laughs> <old> basketball <laughs>
3: Some crazy dudes that get up at like five AM and meet at a community center and play ball at like six AM. That's us. So I love yeah. It. We met like playing bat his brother played and a bunch of other guys around Gaylord uh, we play and uh, and so that's where we met probably, uh, right when you were first, a couple of years area. ago, yeah, from, you know, from the area close by us where we grew up too, okay. um, and then, uh, so yeah, our, um, our kids are in the same class in yeah. school, so, yeah, It just kind mm-hmm. of, uh, yeah. kind of fell together like that, really. yeah, kids go to the same school, all that, so we started hanging out, and then, you know, a couple, probably, like, in 2020 or whatever, we were like, hey, you should, Come on, I'll cut. <laughs> yeah, this this will make us sound really old, but yeah. we like playing cribbage together. Yeah.
2: You know? so. <laughs> hey, I'm never gonna knock. I love cribbage, man. Like I yeah. I don't know if it's a Midwest thing because some people will like see a cribbage board and they're like, "What the hell is that?" Right. Yeah. No, I love yeah. cribbage. So the fact that, yeah. no, we're we're good there. We're on the same page. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah.
2: So Dustin, where are you from? If Dane said you you grew up, you know, or you're from a, an area around there. Yeah, I
1: grew up in uh, Fairview, Michigan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hometown. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, far from from Joburg here, where we are now. But Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I grew up there, and but then I was, you know, living in other parts of the state and other parts of the country until moved back up to this area.
2: Yeah. There's often times where, uh, when I was younger, you know, I, I had this need, like, I'm like, man, I want to get out of here. Like, I want to experience, like, the bigger city, like, you know, just more people and stuff like that and then you get to experience that and you know the the whole allure of that wore off really quickly right and i'm like now you know in my mid to late 30s i'm like i would give anything to be able to live back where i grew up like it's just things are so much simpler it's just there's way more access to the outdoors at any given time you know as opposed to to kind of where i'm at now so no that's that's cool story i like that
3: yeah I was able to, you know, like you with college and kind of got out, but ended up back in this area, you know, it's It's,
2: nice. It's certainly a great place to live and especially to raise a family for sure. So kind of sticking with, you know, you know, where you guys are at and everything like that, like how did you guys both kind of individually get uh, started in the outdoors? So Dustin, why don't you go first?
1: Yeah, so I grew up, um, like I said, in Fairview. It's a real small town, but I was fortunate enough to grow up um, on 200 acres. So I grew up in a family that hunting, you know, white-tailed deer was a, was a big deal, and that was kind of our big family holiday was Thanksgiving because it was in hunting season. Right. So all the family would get together and go hunting, and, uh, you know, we enjoy Thanksgiving dinner together and then go hunting again. You know, it was kind of the, it was kind of the thing. So yeah, I got involved in that. We had a, I didn't do a lot of fishing growing up, but we had a little uh, creek running through our property that we could catch brook trout in and stuff. So I would do that from time to time, but yeah, just growing up on the property really is, is what got me involved in hunting and just being outdoors and enjoying that.
2: What about you, Dane?
3: Um, yeah, you know, both of us kinda of growing up and you know, the, the town we did, it wasn't the same as you know, same as Dustin. You could get get out in the outdoors pretty quickly. Yeah. we were both kinda of grew up in in town, but you know, it was nice, uh um, you know, both our dad your dad and my dad both really you know were out outdoor people, but uh yeah, yeah up with my dad it was as early as I can remember going rook trout fishing and, you know, he hunted basically all season from Turkey to, to, you know, we did lots of fishing, but he did all the hunting too, you know? So it was, uh, you know, I just, I remember early on just being knowing that I love the outdoors and this is what I want to do, you know? So I, you know, we, we did a lot of deer hunting, white tail deer hunting and, um, mostly everything in Michigan though, you know, it was all, yeah thing we could do through, we would, we would do that, you know? And, um so and i remember you know as we as i started to get older like 12 years old you know we had to be to to start deer hunting i was i was out there with my bow at 12 trying to <laughs> <you> up, But <laughs> nowadays i mean my kids i'm i've had them out in the woods even earlier it seems you know just because now that with the youth hunts and different yeah. things michigan's changed it's really that age i would have loved it back then if you know as we were kids to be able to go and
2: <laughs> be yeah
3: you Actually, you go hunt. You yeah, know. everybody wants to hunt in September. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know,
2: but, no. Yeah, so, it's certainly a lot more accessible uh, for the youth. Uh, since you know, since we were, since we were yeah. kids, and and I think that's great. I mean, being able yeah. to get kids involved at a young age, kind of spark their interest early on, is I think is kind of key and critical to kind of you know essentially recruit that next wave of outdoorsmen and outdoorswomen. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's definitely, um, that's something, you know, my dad instilled in me is, you know, love for the outdoors and I'm, I'm doing that with my boys, you know, I have three boys ages nine to five. So, but, um, going along with my experience in the outdoors, um, you know, we, we both play, I played a lot of sports in high school and, you know, as, as I got closer to, you know, I, I thought of maybe trying to do something with college stuff, but, uh, I just kind of knew it was like man i'm ready to just enjoy the outdoors and yeah. kind of focus on hunting and fishing and you know I, and do that stuff so um went to college uh and i'd come home during hunting season and that's kind of where i really started to i was hunting in, in high school and stuff but once i started coming home in college and i was like you know i would come home a couple of days early from college and <laughs> me and my dad retired you know my my senior year of high school he retired so now this guy, I mean, and he worked with the state of Michigan DNR, so he was a uh, heavy equipment operator. But um, yeah, I'll come back to that in a little bit, anyway. But uh, so me coming back home from college was was great at that time of the year because my dad was, you know, he was able to hunt every day, and yeah. <laughs> and all this, and I mean, we got spots picked out all, you know, so it was just it was a great great time for me as uh, as a kid coming home in college and hunting and stuff and uh somewhere around there in my you know in, in my 20s I really started to take a uh, notice of like hey I I'd, I'd like to figure out all this meat meat prep you know just doing everything myself butchering I started really diving into that you know and it's kind of been a passion since then for me is uh you know taking you know cleaning all my own game and making different you know making different sausages and sticks and anything jerky I do a lot of different things with with um, meat uh, venison so but uh, that's about when that started, but then, so I just kept kept on that track. But uh, somewhere along the way, I, I went to a guide school because I my my degree was in outdoor recreation management. <laughs> <laughs> it's a degree, uh, but um, from there, uh, I a guy I was in school with. He's like, "Hey, I'm going out to this guide school in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You know, you want? I'm going to use this as my internship. You want to go? I'm like, Yeah, let's come in." So. I think I was 20, 21, and I went out to to Wyoming and did this guide school. It was a month-long school, month of June. It was put on by uh, Dave Hanna. He's out of Jackson Hole, Hoback. It was uh, in in Wyoming there. But, uh, yeah, we did the guide school, and I was like, man, this is what I need to be doing. (laughs) So I stayed out there for... He asked me to stay on and work with him that summer, so instead of going home with my buddy, I'm like, man, just I'm gonna fly home. It, <laughs> I stayed there till it was August, till I had to go back to college, that, and I'd already signed up for classes. Or else I never would have went back, but I stayed out there till um, August and flew home, and then did that semester. But the next year, I was like, all right, I'm taking the falls off. So <laughs> I, uh, for the rest, when I finished college, it took me a little longer just because I took all my for the last three years, I did. For the last two years, I didn't do any fall education. I just would, uh, I'd leave and go out to Jackson Hole, and I'd stay there from May through November, come home and hunt, and then go back to school in January. <laughs> so that was, that was my last couple years of, of hunting, but I really, I really got an appreciation for uh, western hunting, the mountains, um, and uh, you know, got to got to be on some in some really cool areas in the Bridger-Teton National Forest and uh, learned from some of the best guides that, you know, have been doing it their whole lives and owned outfitting businesses. And we, you know, we I got to, during the summers, we took families in on pack trips in, in the Yellowstone area and did fly fishing. And it was just a great time too. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then I got to stay there for the fall and do hunts. So,
2: Yeah. So I knew that you had obviously spent time in Wyoming. I guess I yeah. didn't know to like the extent of it, right? That you were like, I didn't know. Uh, yep. That you had basically were like I'm done enrolling in fall in fall yes. classes like I'm just going to take uh like <clears throat> winter and spring classes but I mean if you can afford to do that in terms of like if if you don't have anything kind of keeping you in there for the fall like that's the way to do it man that sounds like a pretty good gig the fact that you didn't end up in Jackson Hole and came back to Michigan somehow was kind of a mystery to me
3: yes it is <laughs> that's, a cool, yeah. right? that's a little crazy yeah it's a little crazy and uh you know who knows maybe i'll be back out there one day you know but um, it just yeah met my wife and and it was it was a, it was hard you know i really had such a great bond hunting with my dad and stuff and you know you'd be gone for six seven months and It was like man that's a long it was a long time you know i was just i wanted to get them out there <laughs> but yeah he did i did get him to come out once with me and go on a hunt or going out on a hunt he just came in and got to go fly out fishing and i took him on a you know horseback trip and stuff like that. So,
2: yeah, no, I I can imagine. Still, a
3: I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. It's just the, the outfitting and guiding business it's it's a fun thing to be able to take people that it's their this is their dream hunt. Yeah. you know, most all you know you, you meet people that are it, it could be a guy that goes every year or it could be a, a guy that's just an average guy that's been saving for the last five years and this is his chance. Right. And you're the you're the person that gets to, to take them in, on this adventure, so yeah, um, it, it's fun.
2: So yeah, that's a cool experience. I mean, <clears throat> I've talked about it with some some past guests before with with being able to kind of share that experience. Like, and you kind of get further along, like in your your outdoor journey, right? And you've you've maybe yeah. had you know your share of successes, your share of failures. Like you've kind of you know been through the highs and the lows, and you get to a point in You know, it it becomes much more than just you know killing an animal or catching a fish, right? It becomes more about the experience and the time spent in the woods or on the river, on the lake, whatever it is. And then once it gets, it's like once the person you know gets to that point, then they're like, okay, I want to share this with other people, right? You know, family members, friends who have never got a chance to to experience whitetail hunting or, or western hunting or you know catching a brookie on a fly or something like that. And 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 that's when I feel like you almost kind of hit like peak maturity, right. As an outdoorsman, right. Like you're just like, okay, like I know what I'm capable of. I've, I I know what that feeling is like and how kind of, you know, not to sound like cliche or or poetic, but it's like, it's a very euphoric thing, like harvesting your first animal or or any animal for that matter. And to be able to have someone else or, or be with someone else and they experience that. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of like life changing stuff, you know? Yeah. So, with the company, and uh, obviously one of the reasons I'm super excited uh, that w- you guys were able to, to join me on this podcast is um, side Hydration is 2% certified. So, you know, how did you guys first learn about 2%? For me, it
3: was, you know, I, I told Dustin about it, but I, I know for me it was through your podcast, you know, um, I've been, I was listening to it and I started, you know, early on. Oh, that's, you know, I, so I've, I've been kind of following it, and it was just a dream of mine that once we got this company going, it would be to to do it, you know, <laughs> to do to do two percent and and to kind of commit to that. So. Um, yeah, Dane told me about it, so I was all in. Yeah, I think for me it was a no brainer. Once you, you know, it's just it's what we want to be doing with our business anyway, and some, you know, so to be to to be, you know. Um, to be able to have the avenue to work with other companies in and 2% and be able to uh, to have that platform, um, it, was, it was a good thing for us. Yeah, so for me growing up
1: on private property, my dad was a really good manager of the property and the wildlife there. Um, but growing up on private, that's all I knew. Right. And I went off to college and, you know, I'd come home and hunt. And then after I graduated and bought a house, um, it was, it wasn't a city, but it was, a you know, your money wasn't going a long way, you know, it was outside the city, but I was like, oh man, I can't hunt here. And like two acres, you know, <laughs> what, where am I going to hunt? And so I started seeing, I guess, noticing more of the importance of uh, public land and just how. It's on all of us to manage it and take care of it, you know, so that we all can enjoy it. You know, I, I never really had to, to face that until until I had to, basically. So I think that was I, I think that's something that, you know, we we wanted to do with the company. We didn't want it just to be a company of takers. You know, we want to yeah. give back.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a great way to look at it, because. You know, you're selling to people who are, you know, for the most part, I mean, outdoor recreationists. I mean, it's kind of a blanket statement, but, you know, that encompasses a lot of, you know, hunters and anglers um, who are inherently taking from the land. So to be able to, you know, um, you know, use your 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 platform, your business to be able to give back to to public lands, to, to habitat, wild places, and, you know, certain species is awesome. And I mean, I know that both you two have, have other jobs and this is like, you know, kind of a, a side jo- a side business or a passion project, you know, whatever term you want to use. So the fact that you guys have made that commitment to me just kind of, you know, speaks volumes to, you know, the the character of you two, you know, what you believe in, in terms of the outdoors and, and how you view things as conservationists as well.
1: Yeah, we want to start in the way we want to go, you know, in the way we want to grow. We want to we want to start that same way. We don't want to say, well, once we get to a certain growth point, then we'll start giving back. You know, we want to start from the beginning no matter
2: well, no matter what we
1: can give give something.
2: Yeah, yeah, every little bit helps and I mean and kind of on the the note of conservation. I mean, I'm super excited uh this Saturday is actually uh community conservation day through 2%. Um, you guys are coming down uh, towards my way a little bit and we're gonna uh, participate in a, in a cleanup in a, a local game area down here so uh, I'm really excited to get you guys down here and just kind of meet some other people who uh, you know are two who have brands that are 2 percent certified and just other volunteers in the area and just you know really meet a lot of like-minded people who, who have the same passions and uh, interests as, as we do.
3: Yeah, we're excited. I'm excited to be down there. We're uh, Saturday
2: there. So, what are some of the organizations that you guys are, are working with or are giving back to?
3: Um, the uh, Pigeon River Country Association. That's one where it's really close to here. You know, it's 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 uh, you know basically just north of Johannesburg where we live. Um, right off the start we're you know we're starting with some of these local um, local associations but uh, you know for me growing up that's the area I hunted and that's the area I take my kids to hike on and there's a you know we there's a the heritage uh, uh, the high country excuse me the high country pathway trail is like 70 miles of trail system that runs right through the, the heart of the pigeon and it's just you know it's an area where we want to be working with that association to see how we can help them you know starting right now they're they're working on some discovery centers for kids and things like that where we can be out there. But next year, we're also going to be working on some trail stuff with them. Um, just work on that trail, hopefully, and getting that cleaned up. Um, so that's, yeah,
1: we're you know start yeah. off close to home. Just yeah, you know, like you said, we have we have day jobs right now, and so we got to do what we can do with our time. So starting close to home makes sense for us. But you know, we have we have bigger ideas too for that. For for giving back and the organizations we want
3: to support. Yeah, the backcountry hunters and anglers. Um, even before I've i had a family membership with them, um, before we started the company and stuff. So, you know, um, so we you know we've been uh, reached out to them and uh, doing some stuff uh, in the future with them too. So.
2: Yeah, and I I like the the approach or uh yeah yeah the approach of of kind of keeping things local because Dustin, it's like you said. I mean that's kind of where. You know, it's it's the easiest, I mean, because with with, you know, essentially two jobs, uh and, and everything like that, like your your time is, is pretty valuable. So if you know, you don't have to, you know, drive, you know, two or three hours away, which you guys are gonna do Saturday anyway. Um, but if you can you know, you can have a, a good impact, you know, right there, you know, close to home and, and where you guys are doing recreating, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the stuff that kind of makes you feel good about you know the giving back aspect is it's it's directly um you know having an impact on where you guys like to recreate yeah so as we kind of wrap things up here i always ask my guests this because uh, everyone i ask always has a way cooler answer than than what mine is so what uh what do you guys have in store for this fall i mean Uh, I think antelope season opened in a few states, a few western states today. So what do you guys have kind of in store for this fall?
1: Well, that sounds like fun. I'd rather be doing that than what I'm doing
2: right
1: now. Uh, It's just, uh, you know, we I think we're both doing the youth hunt with our kids uh, coming up the second weekend in September. And then uh, a few days after that wraps up, we're headed out to Colorado for an elk hunt.
3: Archery elk in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Yeah. So then, that puts us back in you know and be you know white tail hunting in Michigan here and then I've been heading to Ohio and hunting some public ground down there. Um, be heading down there. It's, this will be like the tenth year I've been going down there. So um, we'll be heading down. I'll be heading down there during the rut, um, the first part of November, and then try to make it back to Michigan in time for some rifle hunting stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of it'll be a full fall. Um, uh, I you know most of October. I really my boys are nine and eight and five and investing Dustin you you know you're taking. nine and
1: six yeah. Um
3: so you know last year a lot but you know I'm out there and I I got ladder stands with you know double ladders and oh, yeah. everywhere and you know it's uh, I'm really excited to get the boys out and you know I'm at starting to just get the cams back on his uh, on his bow so it'll be uh, um, you know he's, he'll be just up in the tree stand looking this year but you know after the youth hunt we'll, I'll still take him out to do some archery hunts with him and stuff so um and then yeah we'll, we got a, a Ohio and then rifle season so and sometimes if, if I'm not successful during bow I'll try to sneak back down to Ohio for their mud late season mud load or two you know? okay. and
1: then Business-wise, I think we might have a couple products showing yeah. up on our website here in, I don't know, maybe a month. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then we'll we're planning for some new stuff next year, the beginning of next year. Yeah.
2: Now, <clears throat> hey, do you guys have any plans to like um, try and like hit up some of these trade shows and stuff like that? I know that obviously, um, you know, like this year, especially at least. Like here in Michigan uh, with some of the shows I had participated in the year before, they were still canceled and everything like that. So do you guys have any plans to kind of hit the road um, with Hardside?
1: Right now we're planning to hit the uh, Western hunting expo uh, in Salt Lake city in February. Okay. Um, we're we're going to try and make that work. Uh, there's a lot that has to be done between now and then, but that's the plan right now. But other than that, nothing's on our radar right now. For shows, um, yeah, I know there were. I mean, there's one in
3: Wisconsin. I, I don't know. I guess we haven't got that far into it. Yeah, we're definitely that that one in Salt Lake, and then uh, that's that's a big thing on the on our radar. So yeah, and then you know next next fall, continuing to plan. You know, it's getting making sure the points are ready, and yeah, you know, I've been, I've been I have a lot of Wyoming points that I've been building and. Trying to figure out what which one <laughs> which one to do and stuff. So I'm kind of excited because I mean, it's been a great. I've been going out west the last three or four years, you know, backpack hunting. But I may look at doing some later. You know, we might get into some rifle hunts next year a little bit, and uh, that will kind of free up. I know my wife. I've been kind of putting her in for bear points, so she's gonna she's she could draw for Michigan bear this year, but next year she might. I might put her in if I know I'm going to be here in September. So
0: usually okay. I've.
3: They're going elk hunting and then it's like, ah, oh, that's when Michigan's bear hunt is and so I got some bear points and so does my wife. So might do a bear hunt in Michigan here. So
1: ne- next year I think we'll plan on doing probably some more shows in the summer and maybe show yeah. up
3: at TAC or oh, yeah, some other yeah. stuff. Yeah, we were so, Yeah, we, we love the uh, Total Archery Challenge and we were we're hoping to get some booths out there next year in in Michigan here too. So
2: Yeah, um, trade shows are always tricky because you never you just never quite know you know, the, the turnout that you're going to get, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's all learning experience, but, you know, something like, you know, any, any tack event or like the Western hunting expo, I mean, you know, you're going to get tons of people and those are, those are obviously, you know, the people that you guys want to target, uh, you know, with your product. So no, that should be, should be a fun road trip for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Salt Lake city in February, getting over the divide there. It could be, it could be tricky. Yeah.
2: I didn't. I didn't think about the February aspect of it. <laughs> I was just thinking about. I was out there uh, last September, uh, just doing a little Western road trip, and it was September, so I was like, "Oh yeah, that'll be a breeze." I mean, it's a long drive, but a lot of good scenery. But yeah, February is a different story.
1: Yeah, we might have to fly out. Yeah,
2: <laughs> ship everything out. Yeah, um, real quick before I let you go, where can uh, where can everyone find hard side Hydration at?
1: uh we have a website www.hardsidehydration.com and we have a instagram
2: which is at hardside hydration and we're on facebook too awesome well dane dustin i really appreciate you guys uh hopping on today i really enjoyed talking to you this was as i said you know at the beginning like um i'm super excited for you guys uh it seems like there's a lot of really good buzz i've seen a lot of really cool kind of reviews and people talking about hard side so I, i'm really looking forward to seeing what the future has you know not only for just the products you have now but obviously a lot of the products that you guys kind of teased about uh, throughout the episode here so I, i'm looking forward to the future for you guys right. thanks marcus thanks marcus really appreciate it all right take care guys see you all saturday right. buddy. yep thanks. see you saturday All right. Well, thanks again to Dane and Dustin for taking some time to tell us about Hardside Hydration. Uh, Definitely be sure to check them out. I would also like to thank the partners of the podcast, Wild Rivers Coffee Co., Go Hunt, and Stone Glacier, uh, as well as 2% for Conservation. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And there you can see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where it's going to be only positive content so you'll enjoy their conservation-focused posts in your feed. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Remember, this Saturday, August 21st, is Community Conservation Day, so be sure to get out you know know, donate some time you know get your hands dirty and if you know for some reason you're not uh able to get out uh and and partake in a cleanup or something like that in your local area you know now is a great time to you know join a new conservation organization or possibly re-up uh on a current membership that you have uh anything that we can do to to further improve uh wildlife and all the the great work that these organizations are doing so Until next time, stay safe out there and remember that conservation starts with you.